This is One in 54, a presentation of Anderson Center for Autism. One in 54 is a weekly show devoted to topics related to autism spectrum disorder. Good morning and welcome to One in 54, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, Chief Development Officer at Anderson Center for Autism. And this morning, I'm very happy to be speaking with Janine Crashwag, who is the Executive Director of the Autism Society of the Greater Capital Region. Janine, good morning. Well, thank you very much for having me on your show today. I'm thrilled to have you. We've been communicating for quite a while and uh, obviously have all come through the last year, which uh, still amazes me that it's been a, over a year now of pandemic-related living, um, which we'll get into a little bit in terms of how that may have impacted um, your ability to do what you do through the Autism Society. Um, I know that probably various events were impacted, so we can kind of talk about that and your plans sure. for the future. But I thought we'd start just by asking you to introduce yourself, talk a little bit about who you are, what brought you to this role within the Autism Society, and, uh, and then we'll go from there. Great. Thank you. So I am the executive director of the Autism Society of the Greater Capital Region, although recently uh, we learned that we will be serving the Hudson Valley region as well. Uh, there will probably be a name change sometime in the future, but right now we're still going under the Autism Society of the Greater Capital Region. And I've been with the Autism Society for over 10 years now. I'm also the parent of a daughter who has autism. She is in her early 30s at this point. So we've been living and working with autism. I, I have personally for uh, most of those 30 years and continuing to try to make life better for individuals who are impacted by autism, either the individuals themselves, their family members, and the communities that they live in and their providers. And we provide information and referral, advocacy services, um, some nice niche services that help families and adults on the spectrum. And we are community builders. That is our main concern, that we have a robust and healthy autism community. And we really work hard to help people live the best autistic life that they can. That's a great uh, summary. I appreciate that. Um, Two things have occurred to me just while you were talking. One is the number of people that I have the opportunity and the pleasure to interview on this podcast who are parents who have found their way, sometimes very purposely, sometimes through a series of, of uh, sort of unexpected events, um, working or volunteering or starting businesses, some, you know, anything that's related to autism is really astounding. And I I certainly don't have nearly ever as much a read on parents of, of children who are affected by, you know, other challenges, disabilities, um, medical conditions that might be the same, but I'm just struck by that. So, um, so I, I, I appreciate the fact that, um, that you do what you do, because I think that parents uh, who also take on a professional role in the field, bring a perspective that is so important and we never want to lose sight of um why those referrals and that advocacy is so needed. Agreed. Which brings me to the other piece of what you said, which is community builders. Um, I love that. So can you expand a little bit on how the Autism Society goes about building um, uh, community or bringing communities together? Uh, I will leave you this with this one thought that, that I uh, have been more recently thinking about a lot, which is as the number of people who are diagnosed on the autism spectrum seems to increase every time that CDC study comes around, um, my, my daily feeling 
when I'm, you know, at work, but also in my home life and, and in my community is that the, the, the autism community, quote unquote, is getting smaller. And by that, I mean, um, it's starting to really feel like we're all part of that community. So yes. does that resonate with you and the work of, of autism, the autism society of the greater capital region? And, and again, now the Hudson Valley region. <laughs> it does, Eliza. Okay. Um, you know, one of the things that I found as a parent, I lived in a rural community at the time. I really didn't, uh, there was not a lot of available resources. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand autism in the full spectrum so we experienced personal difficulty with gaining an appropriate evaluation, finding mm -hmm. other families to speak with, really understanding what our role in the community was and how the community would treat our daughter. And mm -hmm. I made a personal commitment at that time to help other families to find appropriate information, to be able to secure appropriate education, and to be able to network and find friendship within other uh, autism-impacted families. And that also goes into adulthood. We have a lot of adults in our community, mm -hmm. and we're serving 21 co uh, counties right now. Uh, and so a lot of the work that we do these days is with adults, because as we know, kids with autism grow up to be adults with autism. Yes, but you can't say that enough. So let's say right. it again, because that's right. it's something that's hard for a lot of people to wrap their minds around. You don't grow out of autism. That is correct. Mm -hmm. And but, you know, we can provide individuals with good community networking opportunities, good education, uh, friendship and a partner in their lives so that they can call. So we we often say we provide compassionate support Ooh. and being peers in the field as family members or other adults on the spectrum talking to another adult on the spectrum, we have an insight and knowledge of what some of the stressors might be for family members and for adults. And we talk openly and honestly with them, but then we do, uh, we spend quite a bit of time educating our communities. And as you know, Autism Awareness Month is transitioning to Autism Acceptance Month. Yes, yep, yep. yes. and our hope is that the next transition will be into Autism Appreciation Month. Oh, I love that. Yep. I love that. That's but great. But to get to appreciation, you know, we have to have the awareness, we have to have the acceptance, and a large part of the outreach and community building that we do is to talk to employers, educators, medical facilities, the community at large, really helping them to understand what autism can look like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, some of the struggles and challenges that families have, but also, you know, the many gifts, talents, um, love that exists in our community. And we never want to have an individual say, I don't have anybody to call if I have a problem or a challenge uh, or I'm feeling lonely. And so we do a great deal of our work making sure that particularly in the adult years uh, that they have some community around them. We never want somebody to be missed um, you know, and they're not found until weeks later. We want them to be noticed if they don't show up Mm -hmm. That indicates to us that there's a value in their life that people notice when they're missing yeah. and when they're not a part of the community. Mm -hmm. And that to us is a, a really high indicator that people are valuing their friends, neighbors and family members who may be impacted by autism. All fantastic. 
I love it. I wrote down the autism awareness to acceptance to appreciation. I think yes. that that's uh, a wonderful, a wonderful way to look at where we are because there's there's been a lot of discussion lately, uh, more so this year than I think in any year past. We're um, moving sort of away from or beyond, maybe not away from, but beyond uh, awareness into acceptance. And and I've been following that because I find those sorts of di- dialogues really interesting. Um, and I'm always looking for the sort of the substance behind it. And on this one, I think there is quite a lot of substance behind it. Yeah, I, don't, I, I think agree. people are really saying this is more than just words. There's there's meaning here. So I um I think that's very cool. Um, yeah. your your comments about community, the, the 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 piece about sort of the importance of of having there be entities and and individual people within a community who notice when somebody who they're used to seeing is not there and the importance of the validity of that person's existence based on, you know, to some degree, based on the fact that when, you know, the missing is, you know, being missed is a very important part of um, personal connections. It made me think of, um, of a book uh, called In a Different Key written by John Donovan and Karen Zucker that I read and I interviewed them on this podcast a while back. Um, Just really quickly, one of the things that stood out for me was this, uh, the, the, Technically, I guess, or the first the person they found who was the first person who was ever identified uh, diagnosed with autism, and he lived and grew up and has always spent his whole life basically in this one very small community. Mm-hmm. And that, when you were talking, that just made me think of of pieces of their video, and then now they're I'm familiar uh, with the story. That was about that because um, I would venture to guess that that gentleman would be missed within an hour of not showing up at one of his daily stops at the bank, at the post office, at the grocery store, wherever he was going. Um, and, and I wonder, it's just, it just was a cool connection in my head that that, that may be one of the things that has really sustained him um, and members of that community for so long. And, and one of the reasons why he stayed there, because I would think that he knows that, um, you know, he felt valued. Yes. Right. Yes. They didn't see him. They were going to find him and they were going to check on him. And, and certainly the next day they were going to say, you know, why didn't you come see me? <laughs> so, so I think that's, I just, sometimes when people say things that resonate with me, I want to just reinforce that message because anybody living in a community anywhere, remember it's one in 54. That's the name of this podcast. It's named after the number of people who are diagnosed every year um, with autism uh, you have members of your home community who have autism, whether you know it or you don't, whether you choose to talk about it or be open about it or you don't, you they are members of your community. And it's important to remember, um, not just in April, but all the time, That's things right. that all you think around. about and do um, to make your community a community for everybody. So yes. I love that. Yep. And I think that's a, a very uh, needed goal to work towards and you know we want to live in communities with integrity and diversity and equity and inclusion yep um but those things don't happen magically they happen in communities because people do the hard work that is necessary to be inclusive of all individuals including not just autism but aging other disabilities gender race Mm -hmm. you know we have so many issues these days that we are struggling with and you know autism and a particularly because this is Autism Acceptance Month, you know, these topics and conversations need to take place even when they are uncomfortable because the only way uh, to get to the other side is to move through Mm -hmm. and to have those difficult conversations and make space for everyone. 
I agree. I agree. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, I'd like to just uh, talk a little bit about how people can get in touch with, with you and your team and what they might expect and, and a couple other things. So let's just take a short break. This is One in 54, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and we'll be right back. The 1,200,000 women and men of Rotary have accomplished extraordinary things. They've taught millions of people to read, worked toward world peace, and have nearly eradicated a crippling childhood disease from the face of the planet. But each of those 1,200,000 women and men know they could accomplish so much more, if only they were 1,200,000 and one. Find out what an impact one person can make. Learn about Rotary at rotary.org. Imagine a little lady who wouldn't give up her seat on the bus, a TV host who wanted to be your neighbor, or an inventor whose 10,000 failures didn't stop him. These vivid images all share the same caption, inspiration. These people just did their best and they inspire us. Now, what will you do to inspire others? Inspiration is in you. From PassItOn.com. And now, 1 in 54 continues on 100.7 WHUD. This is a weekly community affairs program presented by the Anderson Center for Autism. Welcome back to 1 in 54, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and with me this morning is Janine Crashwag, Executive Director of the Autism Society of the Greater Capital Region. Janine uh, loved our first half of the show today, talking about um, awareness leading to uh, acceptance, leading to appreciation, um, and some of the things that uh, are part of, or of the things that are really part of the mission of your organization and your background. Um, before we get into the next sort of um, sort of big picture stuff, let's just make sure people know how to get in touch with you or with somebody from the Autism Society if they're looking for some help with advocacy, referrals, community building. Um, maybe they just have a question about whether you offer a service. How would they sure. reach? Um, the first easiest way is to go right to our website, which is asgcr.org. There is a web form there that you can request assistance or information. You can also find us on Facebook, Autism Society of the Greater Capital Region. And you can also reach us by phone at our office, 518-355-2191. And any of those will get you in touch with one of our team members. Um, if we don't pick up the phone, it means that we're just busy on the line with somebody else. Please leave us a message or follow up with that web request. They come in, they get dispersed to our team, and somebody uh, will get back to you. We try to get back to people within 48 hours to give them the information and support that they need. Great. Well, I will attest to that because I think that's how I reached you the first time I was looking to get in touch and find out a little bit of information. And, and you certainly got right back to me. So I appreciate that. And uh, at the end of the show, we'll repeat all that contact information for anybody who might have missed it. So um, so we were talking about uh, access to community resources, the, the number of people who are living in communities all throughout our state, the country, the world, um, or who, who have a loved one on the autism spectrum and some of the things that people can do to, to really have an impact. And it does take hard work. It's not just walking around talking about things. It's also 
um, doing things. Uh, I have been recently asked on several occasions because it is April, um, what it means to me and you know, how can people sort of be more uh, accepting or um, make an impact for people and their loved ones who are on the spectrum. Um, I have found myself talking more than ever about uh, being kind, um, but also being active. I think for a long time, we were celebrating the fact that, that fewer and fewer people, it seemed, were experiencing some of the stigmas and the outright stares, comments, really negative, you need to leave this establishment. I, I don't want to live next to somebody who has autism and flaps their hands or makes noises or can't talk to me, or you're fired if you can't look me in the eye. Mm -hmm. Some of that blatant, I think, um, uh, behavior has maybe shifted. Um, and it seems to me that for a while there was a, there was a appropriately. So there was a celebration of the fact that, that, you know, there was less of that people, parents were, at least from my perspective, were reporting a little bit less of that, but I think it, it sounds to me like it's time to move into a new, new realm where it's also important to recognize that if somebody is struggling with their loved one, whether it's a child or an adult out in a public setting, walking on the other side of the street and giving that person space might be what they need. But they also might really benefit from stopping by and saying, do you need some help? Yeah. Or, you know, do you, you know, is there anything that I can do? Or, you know, I just want to let you know that I, I, I get that you're having a hard time and it's okay. Or so, I don't know, like a kind word. So, yeah, you know, we do as family members, um, you know, I think that there still is stigma. Uh, I'm glad that I also recognize that it's lessening. People are more aware of what autism can look like. They understand what they're looking at a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, we'll have to work more on acceptance, you know, where people put that information of what they're seeing together with what they know about autism. Yes. And then, um, you know, we are unfortunately living in communities right now where there's a lot of unrest, you know, and people are being bullied and targeted for, you know, things that are completely outside of their control. And it is the same thing within our autism community. We want to make sure that people have that education so that they do know what they're looking at, that families start to feel, and adults on the spectrum, uh, that they are more comfortable in expressing. So we have a saying that no autistic person should feel shame for displaying autistic behaviors. And, you know, that is really, um, you know, the core of the work that we do, which is to help young people on the spectrum to understand that they, they don't have to be ashamed because they have autism. Mm -hmm. They don't have to feel shame if they have the need to have some stimming behaviors to calm themselves, to be able to figure out how to get through their days and that they have a valid life. You know, there, there's no, there's no point at having autism that, um, you know, is not valid to that person. Absolutely. And so we, we really work hard to make sure that the community knows that. And when we work with a young person, we welcome them to their community. We do not promote a medical model. It doesn't mean that we don't share with them evidence-based uh, treatment approaches that can be helpful to them, mm -hmm. but we never, ever make them feel ashamed for who they are and their neurobiological makeup. And I, I'm pretty diametrically opposed to any communities who want to point out that because somebody has a disability and they may have some outward symptomology of that or some behavioral needs with that, you know, they have the same right to respect and dignity and integrity that anybody else does. Well said and good to know, sort of, you know, that that strong um, part of your your mission and your work and where your, your perspective is. So that's I appreciate that. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, going back into some of the details of, of what somebody could uh, expect if and when they 
fill out that web form or call you. Um, I mean, is there any, is, is, is it, is it, I want to make sure that anybody listening gets a sense of, you know, can I call for any reason and expect that somebody's going to answer and at least try to point me in a direction of, of where I could go for further, uh, further support, whether it's a parent saying, are there parent groups in the area? Cause I'd really love to talk to other parents. I'm feeling very isolated or an individual who is on the spectrum, who's looking for some peer support or maybe some, um, some opportunities to, to get some job coaching or anything, you know, is there, is there a, a long, a large range of, of help that you offer? It is as broad a spectrum of the help that we provide as the autism spectrum <laughs> is broad itself. Okay. So yes, families can call us. Um, sometimes they're looking for a diagnosis and we'll help them find an evaluator. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're having uh, trouble navigating uh, a system such as OPWDD, which is New York State's Developmental Disability serving system, or they're having difficulty uh, at school, or an adult is having difficulty in a work environment. So they can call us literally for any reason. If we're able to serve them directly, we do so. And if we can't do it, then we will help them to find somebody who is able to do that. And so it's our great pleasure. Then we offer some services and supports. We are known for our structured life coaching services. We developed a life coaching model in which we partner individually with um, uh, typically young adults uh, into adulthood. We just started to look at 14-year-olds, those emerging um, teens and adults, and help uh, partner with them on figuring out what is important to them in their lives and then how to acquire it. We do the same thing for family members through our coaching program where we help them to understand uh, the successes that an individual with autism can have, some of the accommodations that may be needed to do so. And then we're also talking to them, you know, as parents, we have a lot of feelings about uh, you don't have to have a kid with autism to, you know, be unsure of yourself in parenting. Parenting is very complex. And so we spend that compassionate support with them, educating them, uh, sometimes handholding and sometimes just being, you know, a a friendly voice on the other end of the phone. Um, I'm very proud to announce that we were just awarded $200,000 from the New York State legislator, legislation, legislators. <laughs> and, sorry about that. No <laughs> uh, and that is to enhance our services for individuals who need post-secondary education and training and employment services. Right. And so that is a service uh, that will be expanding um, as soon as uh, as soon as you know we understand how the money is flowing down to us but that's a substantial amount of money for us to be able to provide additional support to the community and we know that moving into adulthood is often a very very tricky and sometimes dangerous time for individuals as they're moving out of school-based services and trying to find other services and supports we also help with employment we have a gig works program where we are matching individuals who are ready for work with companies who are ready to employ. And so we we have a very deep um, connection with our business community and we really work hard to make sure that employers get the right employees and that they recognize the autism population uh, as being very wonderful employers uh, employees yes. um, who are loyal and come with many, many great skills that are an asset to businesses. Fantastic. It's wonderful to hear the um, focused approach you're taking to uh, assisting adults. I've heard many families over the years talk to me about uh, how it feels very much to them like uh, falling off of a cliff, going from a school setting to um, to adulthood. The services are fewer, 
they're um, they're different. They're not necessarily exactly what that family or what that individual needs. And um, so I think it's great that you're uh, congratulations on the award. And um, and I can't wait to see how you all uh, put it to great use. We're running low on time. I just want to say that I know that um, our listeners may be curious um, about events that you host because you are an organization doing great work in the area. Um, and then also for, for those listeners um, who are local to where Anderson is, which is in the Hudson Valley. I just want to say that we're thrilled that you're going to be, uh, that you're coming down and you're, you're part of our community now and building that community bridge. And we look forward to, um, to collaborating more with you. Um, so rather than going into events, I'm just going to put out again, how to reach you and where to find information, because I know that you have a newsletter and you put out a lot of information. You can sign up for that on the website. So um, if you're interested in in supporting an event, sponsoring an event for the Autism Society, um, attending one, participating virtually for now, but in person in the future, um, check it all out at uh, asgcr.org or follow them on Facebook. And again, for those who um, who would rather call and speak to a person directly, it's 518 three, five, five, two, one, nine, one. Um, Janine, I, I'm really excited. I'm sure there's more that we could talk about. Um, but for now, I'm, I'm just thrilled that you guys are up and running and doing what you do and are looking to do more. Thank and it's you. been a real pleasure talking to you today. Thank you so much. Janine Crashwag, executive director at the, the Autism Society of the Greater Capital Region, uh, now also officially serving the Hudson Valley region. And we're thrilled about that. Thank you for being on one in 54. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. This is Eliza Bozenski, host of 1 in 54, the talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. Uh, I appreciate Janine being with us today. And remember, Anderson cares. You've been listening to 1 in 54, a presentation of Anderson Center for Autism. Join us for another edition of the show at the same time next week. 